We're live with a pre-show. Hello, everyone. Oh, man, let me turn that down. Look at that glare. So, so bright. Oh, wow. Much better. Much better. Not as glary at all. Uh, hey, welcome to the pre-show, everybody. This is the part of the show where we talk about what we're going to do on the show. A lot of news. Not really. Bunch of comic book quick hits this week, um, but really stuff, some stuff to really dive into. Gross ass food news, and then a pretty nice collection of books that come out this week. We'll see how it goes. Um, Taylor, I'm sure will be here in a minute. I don't think Dave's showing up tonight. He'll be here tomorrow night on the Monday night show. So yeah, no other news. I'm off the next couple of days. Going to do some shopping, I think. Relax a little bit. My wife's got some stuff to do and kind of mixed up the plans a little bit to where I would go with her. And then, you know, maybe we could do some stuff, but I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Andy chiming in. Yeah. Uh, Andy, again, runs the Outrick Eakery Facebook group where he is dominating it, laying down the law like he got emphysema. Just killing it. He's your huckleberry. I wouldn't fuck around over there on that group. He's got a big old band hammer. Uh, yeah, big old band hammer, and he loves swinging it. And I love it. I love it. Uh, but, yeah, again, Taylor should, again, hopefully be here in a second. Um, but I don't know, man. We're in the middle of the con season, you know, pre-con season. Um, Emerald City popped off. There's the tiny ones, but. Seems like a lot of the, a lot of the big cons are are saving. Hey T, I told y'all T be here in a minute. We're live. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, it's not a lot of big news this week, but mm-hmm. there's enough. There's enough. How you doing, man? How's your pre-show going? How's your for happy birthday, Taylor? Had his oh well, thank you very much. Pink's birthday this weekend. He's only 19 years old. Um, a bit older than that, but I won't. That's when I stopped counting. Well, I feel like you count until you're like 25, then you can legally rent a car. And then after that, you know, it just doesn't really matter anymore. I've never rented a car. Have you mm. ever rented a car? I did have to rent a car once. Okay. 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 Yeah, I've never rented a car. So I'm not I'm not ap- applicable for that. And I drank way more before I was 21 than I ever have after. And I know that seems really weird with the amount of alcohol you know that I No, that now. explains a lot, actually. It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. They were very formative years. Um, yeah. that's, that's how we ended up with, you know, all this that we see before us. That's right. All right, man, it's time. Let's dig into this bitch. I got a new intro. Oh. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> What's that from? That's from Picard. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, that's Captain Shaw. I know you're off this week. I know your plans are to catch up a little bit on some Yeah, video. I should get a chance to do that pretty soon. And The Last of Us. Oh, my I'm off tomorrow. I'm going to watch The Last of Us live. Oh, I can't wait. Another episode of This Geek in Comics Outright Geekers comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. 
it's a uh, Gomer and Taylor hour this week. Uh, Dave will be tomorrow. Uh, what'd you do this week, dude? Did you go see Scream? I did not go see Scream. I'm not. Yeah, I didn't see Scream either. I this is really, this really on my radar. Though. I hear it's good. I hear it's um, one of the better Scream movies. And yeah. I will say, Chef's Kiss to uh, doing the uh, the Roman numeral for six with the M there. That is a that is a pretty clever way to do it. I think. Uh, yeah, the design guy. He should have gotten paid double on that. Should have gotten paid double. A big fan of Jenna Ortega. Big fan of the whole cast here. So was she in the earlier Scream movies, or is she no, uh, a recent addition? So. I don't think she's a recent addition. She's one of the new Scream Queens, though. You know, mm. from that. Uh, so what did you do? Did you do anything cool? I mean, you had your birthday. Did you go do laser tag? I know that's what I like to do on my birthday. Is go do laser tag. I, I did not go do laser tag. but um, No, I just went to go grab a meal with some friends. You know? Fun. Fun. Simple. Small. Yeah. Play uh, D&D, I'm, but I do that every Friday. Oh, yeah. So. You do that every weekend. Uh, mm. I'm deep into Star Trek again. Now that I got Picard. Uh, oh, Andy chiming in. Scream 6 was okay. That's good. Uh, Wow, that is a resounding endorsement. Okay. Oh, and and Jenna Ortega was in Scream 5. Thank you, Andy. Ah, Okay. I lose track. I'm glad that he's here to catch your slack, Gomer. You fucking idiot. I know, no shit. Um, Uh, Anyway, Star Trek Picard has just been so good. Every episode of this last season, it's just a big old TNG, you know, circle jerk, and I love it for it. Man, I I want it to be a TNG circle jerk. Exactly. That's what I'm looking forward to. Oh, my gosh. And also... The main villain, I don't remember the actress's name, but she was the one who was like Robin the Diner in Pulp Fiction, Honey Bunny or whatever. Oh, well, that is a She's blast like the, the main villain. She's like the captain of like the evil villain shit. But anyway, it's just gotten me now that I got Paramount Plus and now that the streaming wars, you know, are hogging up all the content. That's the only place I can watch all of the Trek. And oh man, it's been such a blast yeah. going back through and watching Trek again. It's it's my favorite franchise. You know, it is. It's just I love it so so much, and it's really fun to. Well, to I get mean, knee deep in it again. You know, don't have to make a sales pitch to me. It's a oh, beloved no franchise for no me shit. as well. Cool. All right. Well, let's get into the news. It's kind of. Uh, I did have this big long thing that I wrote out about diamond and shipping costs, and I was like, well, that's boring as fuck. Um, so it's just a bunch of couple of quick hits. Uh, new Hulk creative team after the mystery of Donny Cates. We don't know what happened to Donny Cates. We still don't know. But uh, Ryan Otley finished up the series. You know, I think it was this week or maybe next week is the last issue of the current run. But uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson and Nick Klein, uh, the Incredible comes back. New adjective, uh, same monster. Incredible Hulk number one, June 21st. Uh, the premise here, as an enraged Hulk tries to take control of Bruce Banner's body permanently, a mysterious immortal turns every monster in the Marvel Universe against Banner in an attempt to free their creator, the primordial mother of horrors. With the help of an unlikely new friend, Banner and Hulk must try to stop the world from getting plunged into darkness. Uh, there's also going to be a preview of that in Hulk Annual, which is out May 17th. Um... I mean, this needed to happen. Again, we don't know what's going on with Donnie. Yeah, we hard to say, but yeah, clearly, um, whatever that is, it has uh, ended perhaps prematurely. You know, some of these runs that he's having. Basically, yeah. Marvels. Um, So yeah, something to have to jump in. But um, yeah, I mean, this sounds like um, it's kind of getting down to some basics with Hulk. You know, the whole like, ah, man, I hate being the Hulk. You know, that cover did remind me of like the old. uh, 
the old TV show from back in the eighties, right? That's how they right. ended every episode, right? Was a uh, David Banner, you know, he's all sadly walking off into the distance with a backpack, you know, being held over one shoulder like that. Yeah. So I'm hoping it is sort of the roaming banner again, trying to, yeah. I mean, that's why he did it. He was lonely so he could protect others from the Hulk. Basically. Yeah. You know, tried to be as remote as possible. My favorite take on that is House of M, where he's like in living in Aboriginal Australia. It's so dumb and random, but oh, I love that version. Yeah. Um, well, that was a uh, that was true in main continuity too for a minute. I remember. Oh, there it was. was a, yeah, th- it was. there was some instance I forget where like some dude went and like fucked around with the Aborigines, and then, like turns out the Hulk was there, and you know, yeah, wrecked their shit. But um, I am curious as to what they mean by, like, all the monsters in the Marvel Universe. Like, what does it mean to be a monster? Well, in, there well, was like, yeah, Monster like, Island. Like, Deadpool. So are we talking, like, kaiju? Are we talking, like, things from the Savage Land? Are we King talking, Fang like, Fu. is, like, the vampire nation going to be coming for them or something? I don't yeah. know what it means to be a monster when, like, we got a lot of categories of monster that could potentially yeah, fit the bill, you know? that's a really good point, actually. Um, I assume they're gonna like be referencing the monsters like from Monster Island. There was a Deadpool run where he became the king of the monsters. Mm. And I don't know. Those monsters were like some of your classics. Like, did you ever read Frankencastle? Those were some of the monsters. I never did, no. You know? Oh, it's classic, bro. You need to read that shit. It's that, my favorite I, Punisher. That's run. one of those things where I thought this sounds dumb. It, but, it's, um, it's so dumb. I heard that it's Great. better than what it sounds like it should yeah. be. It's like the the, the word I hear about it, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see more about that uh, when that launches in June, but yeah, that's a really good point. What are the monsters? What do you think about this creative team, though? That's fine, right? Well, Kenny Johnson's Johnson. got, he's got some good titles under his yeah. belt. I mean, I mostly yeah. know him from his DC work. Um, I don't think he was exclusive, but like, no, he was the hardest working guy at DC for a while. I don't know if he had the DC, time to write for anyone else. I don't think DC has anyone exclusive. Mm. Marvel definitely does, but it's fewer and fewer, you know? Well, it's harder to uh, pin someone down for an exclusive contract when they have so many other places they can turn to nowadays. Exactly right. That and might just really, be a relic of the past now, you know? And, I, and, and from the other side of that coin, I don't think it's in the publisher's best interest to have somebody go exclusive. I think if they have a win <sighs> anywhere, it's a win for your publisher. Yeah. Because your writer now has has more credibility, you know? Yeah, has rising tide raises all ships and all that. And Damn. It's yeah, also probably a good way to keep shit. them from, like having trouble in paradise as it were like you know if if they can go to these other independent publishers and just do whatever weird project they want they probably chafe less under you know whatever yeah. marvel asked them to do you know I mean, marvel we, and dc are going to have less creative control than you know these indie publishers and so like right. it is good for them to get you know a place where they can write whatever stories they want yeah and then still be even, able to write for whatever we can go even deeper into that like <sighs> Bendis, you know, for a while there, he was like the flagship guy. Yeah, at Marvel I mean, Comics. he was steering the whole line. He there was. Aren't I mean, people like that anymore. Even they when tried they, with Hickman, and then they took it away from. Him. You know, it's weird. yeah, with like the uh, the X Men. Actually, yeah, that might be a good like um, cautionary tale with Bendis because like there Bendis is an unparalleled success in a lot of ways. You know, he wrote some fantastic books. His Daredevil he run is great. created the MCU, great. basically. Yeah, I mean, the, his Avengers and New Avengers, at its best, it was a real shakeup that those lines needed. Mm-hmm. But by the end, I got so fucking sick of him. Oh, for sure. But while yeah. you're saying that, he was still doing books like Jessica Jones. 
For sure. He was still throwing out gems, but yeah, he moved over to DC and didn't do anything. It, it, it just, it was terrible. I mean, this guy created Miles Morales. For God's sake. Yeah. Miles oh, Morales, yeah. One of the best characters created in the last, I'll say, 50 fucking years, dude. I mean, absolutely. Bendis has had a huge positive impact. Yeah. Like, there definitely, there's a lot more wins than losses in the columns there. But I still think it is something of a study of maybe some of the downsides of having an exclusive writer, especially one that is working so prolifically where like, you know, eventually just kind of the well runs dry, you know, at least without ever having a chance to go like take a break from it, you know? Yeah. Right. Maybe if it wasn't like constant. Decade of decadence. Yeah. Decadence. Uh, All right. Moving on from Hulk. We'll have more on that later. Uh, Daredevil might be getting a new creative team. It was kind of mysterious, kind of cryptic. Well, at the very um, least, uh, this run looks to be ending. It says the saga ends. Yeah, so Chip Zdarsky posted this on Twitter um, and his newsletter, but it appears that him and Marco Cicchetta are going to get off of Daredevil. Um, coming to an end with issue number 14, the issue is expected to arrive in August. Um this will presumably come to a head in Daredevil, um, or pardon me, the recently issued solicit for Daredevil number 11, it seems like, yes, maybe it's pointing to to an end, okay? Um, that's really all the news we have on it. It's kind of cool, because this was the one that announced that Chidar- Zdarsky and Chichetta were taking it on the book. Man, that is a cool book ending there. That like, is really cool. Burnt out embers there at the end. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. But let's talk about this run. Uh, I would consider it one of the best Daredevil runs of, of yeah, all time. Yeah, I mean, with Daredevil in particular, it is a uh, it is a crowded field. There's a lot of... We've, we've said before, right, it's a bit of a prestige comic. A lot of great mm-hmm. writers go on to Daredevil, and, you know, there's a lot to live up to. And it's like... It's a this, platform. Yeah, it's like, you know, pick up that mantle, you know, make that take up that challenge you know like a lot of great writers like we mentioned Mendes a second ago he had a great run i mean going back yeah. old school we have like a uh, frank miller that's probably oh, how he really goodness. made his name was on daredevil yep. um Baker had a really great run on oh, daredevil dude mark wade had a run where he took him to the west coast remember that he did that mark wade does, mark wade good. did a great job like hey let's we've had sad boy daredevil for a while let's do yeah. fun daredevil for a minute you know yeah but i mean <sighs> Smith has been on it, you know. I mean, yeah. Has hit. I mean, everybody has touched Daredevil, and they've all been good runs. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I think this is sort of like a, a bait and switch. I think they're going to come out with a new Daredevil run, and I think honestly, Maybe. the way this, the way I think this story is going, Matt's going to die. All right, he'll come back. He always does. I mean, but every Electra, character eventually does, yeah. Yeah, but Electra will end up being the one and only Daredevil, and we'll explore that for a while. I think Zdarsky has earned it. The The book has been fantastic, and I really think that's where we need to go to explore Electra in a new light. And that's been my favorite part of the book, is Electra. Uh, the mat being depressed and bummed out, and the hand and the fist and the the foot and whatever that's been cool but it all seems like it's been done before the electric shit seems so fresh and so new and i don't know with that said zadarsky's doing batman it's going to be twice a month right plus annuals and maybe they're offering him something else a spinoff book he's been doing a lot of stuff with that batman book you just showed that uh, first image of Daredevil though when did this run begin it's been 2019 so yeah it has been 
by the time this is over, I mean, I guess we'll like, you know, give a little bit of a uh, an asterisk because the pandemic happened. Oh yeah, there was a year where well, nine months where it wasn't published at all. Yeah, yeah. So, but still, even accounting for that, this is uh, heading into it. What even with the asterisk, three years, you know? Yeah, oh, for sure. So for that sure. is a lengthy run. It, certainly not like comics, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly been longer runs, even in recent yeah. years. Like you know, Jason Aaron on Thor was like God, like That's five what or I was seven about years. To say, and that was going to be my first, my first uh, choice. Who do you think should take over Daredevil now? I think Jason Aaron should get a return. That on would him. be fucking awesome. Would I would love that. Awesome. I think dude. Jason Aaron would knock that out of the park. Me too. I mean, he's done a good job with characters very much like that. You know, he does a yeah. good job with the Punisher. He does a good job with uh, Wolverine. So he definitely knows how to write the grittier characters. So that would be oh, a good fit. My second choice, Ben Percy. Ben Percy would be an excellent choice. Oh, he, my goodness. You just talk about Wolverine. I mean, um, Ben Percy is writing perhaps the greatest Wolverine run ever. Or at least it's a I contender. I don't know about oh, there's so many It's a contender. Ones. It is a contender. It's definitely a contender. It's up there. It's very well. For the Krakoan age, I don't think anybody could have written him any better for the Krakoan age than what Ben Percy is doing. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll have more on that later. Um, I'm sure they'll announce that next month if 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 things keep up. Uh Jason on Daredevil would be amazing. Andy's agreeing with us. Uh, he likes Aaron. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, more Dawn of DC. This is what we started with. Everybody remembers this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the very first teaser graphic they put out. I'm still not going to delete these. I'm going to, and I have more to add. But um, this was the one that was updated by AIPT Adventures in Poor Taste. Thank you guys. Where they teased Night Terrors and the Return of the Justice League. We still haven't gotten anything from the return of the justice league um but they've updated it so now we do have wonder woman flash hawk man no nope. or hawk girl it's hard or to tell Hawk girl we're gonna get to that also i want you to notice just to the right of where the the hawk man hawk girl symbol is and just like sort of i don't know nine eleven o'clock ten o'clock from where the DC logo is, there's a little teaser right there. We're gonna is get that to that Detective in a Chimp. We're gonna get to that in a moment. Okay. But yeah, they've announced four new Dawn of DC titles, um, and the creative teams. This is freaking awesome, dude. There's so much good news here. DC is definitely winning out uh, in the news this week. New Flash series. Um, Tom King. Oh, hold on. that's hold on. That's that's wrong. I scroll down too low. I'm so sorry. Flash number one, Cy Spurrier, who's been a, a hit or miss with his X-Men run lately. He really yeah, but has. he definitely does have some hits under his belt, you know, like uh, oh, that yeah, Black Knight sure. book he wrote was really good. Oh, it was dope, dude. Um, but art by Mike Diodata Jr. Love that. Faves. Yeah, he's going to draw the fuck out of some speedy-ass characters. I'm very excited about that. Um, so here's the gist. Wally West has never been quicker, more fulfilled, more heroic. His loving family is around him, and yet something is off, very off. His evolving understanding of his powers has opened Wally to new avenues of sci-fi adventure and attuned his senses to strange new ideas. Okay, that so that's... Like, that sounds like or shit. It does, and it also... Okay, so I love all the, uh, the family, like, dad joke Wally that they've been doing for this run. I like it a lot, but... The Flash does also lend himself to some trippy fucking bullshit. 
Oh, well, he's running through time. Yeah, this is a character. This is a character who outruns concepts. Like he once defeated like the Black Racer or the Black Flash. Black, mm-hmm. actually, it's the same thing. But whatever. Um, he wants to feed the Black Flash by running so fast to the edges of reality itself, where the concept of death could no longer sustain itself. So yeah, the Flash definitely can do some really fucking what were you smoking type of stories, you know, if they That's really a want. Really to. good point, dude. And Cy Spurrier is right in there to be able to write a book like that because he's he also crazy. outran he's like some like celestial look-alike looking fuckers who like could instantaneously teleport and he fucking outran that. So yeah, yeah like Wally gets into some bullshit. And so, yeah, it sounds like that's what Cy Spurrier is going to be trying to do here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It mentions it here. Wally experiments with creative new approaches to his powers. Uh, and he encounters new realms, mysterious allies and mind shattering terrors. Um, so yeah, there's going to be a prelude to this in the upcoming Flash number 800, which will be out later this year. It's dropping twice a month, so I think it's like three months. Yeah, it should be uh, relatively quick. Yeah, they're on like two ninety something nowadays. Yeah, we're at ninety four, I think ninety five, yeah. maybe. Um, all or right, so, yeah, there's, sorry. Yeah, there's your Flash. So another. What's with all the fucking eyeballs, though? Dude, I'm telling you, it's weird. It's going to be Cy Spurrier weird shit. Honestly, I think Diodato just likes drawing eyeballs. Like, he really liked it drawing that orb character back when, like, yeah. the original Sin event. Yeah. Whatever. All right, moving on. Wonder Woman, Tom King, Daniel Sampier. This is going to drop in September. After a mysterious Amazonian is accused of mass murder, the U.S. Congress passes the Amazon Safety Act, mm. barring all Amazons from American soil. To carry out its new law, the government sets up the Amazon Extradition Entity, ACTS, task force. I know that's terrible. Task yeah. force to remove those who don't comply by any means necessary. In her search for the truth behind the killing, Wonder Woman now finds herself an outlaw in the world she once swore to protect. The world. It's one country. Fuck off, Tom King. The action-packed Wonder Woman number one. Just, just move somewhere else, Diana. Just go to Europe. They need heroes there, Unless too. Unless you go to Brazil and hang out yeah, with the well, Yeah, we already have one there. We already have a hotter one there. Who cares? The action-packed Wonder Woman number one will be available in July. And there's also a preview in issue number 800 of Wonder Woman. I will um, say that, that Wonder Woman having to, yeah, Wonder Woman having to move does mean she would have to like redesign her costume. So maybe just like that's the real reason she doesn't want to go. But, oh. but um, but for real though, I mean, this sounds like I would it could love be to an see the UK themed Wonder Woman costume though, for sure. I mean, Tom King does like to write these like politically charged things, and that sounds mm-hmm. like you know something up his alley. And uh, it it is giving me some like. Flashbacks to like you know Civil War. Yeah. yeah, we're doing the Superhuman Registration Act. Um, that actually reminds me they did something similar with Superman a few years ago. Remember when there was like the new Krypton or whatever? Yeah. Um, yeah. they passed like the UN passed like a resolution like Kryptonians weren't allowed on Earth except for Superman because you know yeah. everyone loves Superman. But he's a citizen. Yeah. But they're they're leaning into that a little bit with the uh, War World folks. Yeah, that's true. In, in the current run, so I don't know. This seems whack. Tom King is. Either a huge, huge bullseye hit for me or not even touching the board miss. So I love Wonder the only Woman. complete whiff of his that I can remember was that Batman Catwoman book. Yeah, that was terrible. Uh, everyone shits on Heroes in Crisis. I fucking adored Heroes well, in Crisis. I I, I do I not like it. what happened to Wally. Because I loved what happened to Wally. That was after like a fucking everybody. decade of him just yeah, getting like. On. 
by the publishers, not by like yeah. the universe, but by like fucking DC editorial yeah. insisting that Barry is the only Flash, you know? Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. Next book they announced. This is number three. Um, June. I like was- that cover. Oh, it's really fun. The debut of Steelworks from, wait for it, actor Michael Dorn. Oh. Worf is writing a fucking Superman book. Okay. Um, who He provides the voice of Steel in the Superman animated series back in the day. Uh, art by Sammy Basri. Uh, the metropolis of the future is here today. But can it survive a terrorist who's out for revenge against its builder, John Henry Irons, a.k.a. Steel, and his company Steelworks? And who possesses secrets that could undo everything John has worked so hard to build while John's professional life is firing on all cylinders? His personal life is even better as his on again, off again relationship with Lana Lang might be back on permanently. Oh, now he must just, yeah, that's nice. That's I didn't cool. know that was a thing, actually. Oh, yeah, dude. They talked about it in the action, action comics the past couple issues. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, now he must decide whether it's time to give up being steel once and for all. But does John even know who he would be without his superhero identity? Okay, that seems like basic tropey, you know. Well, we of course know that, yeah, he's going to obviously keep being Steel. But that being said, though, um, okay, so I don't know whether Michael Dorn has, you know, comics writing chops in his resume. Oh, he probably doesn't. Probably not. It's difficult to write comics. But that premise does sound interesting, and it It, looks good, this book. The art's going to be good. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a shot. Oh, for sure. This is going to be one of the lower tier. Uh, Superman books, but I'm so happy that Action Comics is sort of helping the way DC is doing this. They're sort of using action to lay a groundwork for everything else that they're doing in the Superman universe, and that's really good. Uh, hey, Gabe, thanks for stopping by from the chat, Gabriel. Uh, they've been together since 252. I, 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 yes, I actually think that's right, Gabe. I think they have been like. But they're on again, off again, is what I'm saying. Like, I, I think they actually had a relationship before New 52. New 52 was like, okay, they're dating. And then just before the, the Steel book, because there was a Steel book during New 52, they, like, broke up. Yeah. Oh, Andy chiming in. Michael wrote an episode of DS9. Oh, I know he directed. You know, every fucking actor in, in Star Trek eventually got to direct an episode. Yeah. It's basically just a bonus, you know, where they get a little bit extra money. Um. But yeah, if he wrote an episode of Deep Space Nine, awesome, good for him. That's awesome. That's that's my favorite. Uh, I think I consider it the best track. It's not my favorite track, but I think it's the best track. Um. So yeah, Steelworks. That's coming out in. Yeah, I mean, shows how out of loop I am with uh, the Superman adjacent characters love life. I guess because last time I knew of Lana Lang, she was married to Pete Ross, another like, oh my character god, from Small dude. Boy. I think that's that was like the fucking nineties. Yeah, but, like, dude. I think that's. You know? Way, way back. That is way, that way is back. certainly outdated information, but yeah, I yeah. had no idea about the uh, the new power yeah. couple here. Uh, but yeah, this looks cool. If you're reading action, you know the shit hit the fan at Steel at Steelworks. You know what I mean? The big building, there was a terrorist attack from uh, what's his name? What Metallo? 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 Metallo and Mintallo are both distinct characters with frustratingly similar names. I know, man. It really. It really gets me. One of them flexes and everybody comes. The other one is just like a psycho. Oh, cyborg. well, actually, yeah. There's a Mentallo. There's a Flex Mentallo. Oh, and that's there's right. a Mentallo. Oh, see? 
It's the triumvirate of aloes over at DC. Yep. Uh, okay, finally. Is this finally? No. Oh yeah, it, it's almost. I fine. believe. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna. This is the last. I think there book. were four books still, on the list. There's yeah. still a little bit more. Uh, Hawk Girl. Okay, from Jadzia Axelrod. What a great name. And Amanke Nahulapan. Nahulapan will debut in July. This is Jadzia's okay. first mainline DC work. And Galaxy will be making an appearance. Uh, Kendra Saunders, the Wing Warrior, better known as Hawkgirl, has been one of DC Universe's greatest heroes for a long time, serving as a member of the JL and the Justice Society. But with the Justice League disbanded, Kendra decides she needs a fresh start and heads to Metropolis to begin a new life. That life is quickly interrupted by a mysterious villain with a powerful connection to the Nth Metal that makes up Hawkgirl's wings and weapons. Hawker will also feature a series of variant covers that recount Kendra's history. Uh, that's July 18th. It's kind yeah, of interesting relocating to Metropolis. Are they like it kind is. of bringing her more into Superman circle then? Or it possibly. I don't know. Okay. But, if I was but... a hero, if I was a hero, okay. And I wanted to be like, you know, I kind of still want to be a hero. I just don't really want to do all that much. Well, sure. I mean, you can just like, pick up the spare from like Superman and John and like all the yeah. other. Yeah. It's like if there's a Karen at the Walmart, you just hot girl out and be like, okay, Karen, leave her alone. Oh, my hero, hot girl. But, but no, for real though, I mean, hot girl is probably the hot character to go with here because mm -hmm. she has been a much more prominent part of the DC universe mm -hmm. for the last few years. She was in the Justice League, as I just mentioned here. In but this um, is Justice League. Yeah. 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 I think she's a great character. I think Hawkman gets way too much attention. Honestly, I prefer my Hawkman and my Hawk Girl when they're together, when they have relationship problems. I love that. I love. Well, it's an interesting dynamic because of the is. whole like reincarnation thing yes, and all that. That's my favorite part. And like they're destined to find each other, but then they're like, oh god, you again. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that dynamic. But yeah. like, it's also true that like. People of my generation, especially, probably have a lot more association with Hot Girl because yeah. of the Justice League animated cartoon. Yeah, for that sure, and Justice for League sure. Unlimited. So, yeah, yeah, definitely the way to go, I would say here. Yeah. Although uh, they did try to get Hawkman's more profile up with the uh, with the Black Adam movie, but that uh, movie was dog shit. It, was it wasn't dog shit. I don't I think it was all that bad. It. I hated it. It's the. Oh, it's an okay movie from like the 2000s superhero era, you know? <laughs> yeah. If this was Spider-Man in the 2000s, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh my god. Dude, Black Adam was such a better movie than Spider-Man in the 2000s. But it's 20 years after that. You have to do better. You have to do Fair better. enough. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's it, but we also do get uh Flash 800 Wonder Woman 800 covers. Very nice. You know, uh, I'm nice. really enjoying Dawn of DC, and it's only the first quarter of the year, dude. It's amazing. Um, so let's talk about these 800s. Um, Flash 800, Mark Wade, Jeff Johns, Joshua Williamson, Jeremy Adams, who's the current Flash writer, are, are going to each have a story. Oh, um, that is quite the uh, who's who of uh, yeah, Flash dude. writers from years past. There. Oh, man, dude. Jeff Johns is my favorite Flash writer. His re his uh that's how he really book. made his name. It um, really was. He do you know he did that book with Ethan Van Skyver, who is now like blackballed in the industry because of his comics gate shit. Mm. Yeah, it's wild, dude. It's wild. I actually have Ethan Van Sky Skyver sign a flash rebirth number one that I have. And he like rolled his eyes and I was like, There's something wrong with that. I was like, Man, this is what everybody has me sign. <laughs> 
And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's what he said. He's like, this is what everybody has me sign. I, I mean, like, That's weird. Name it's, a more famous book of his. I mean, yeah, he did like, exactly. he did like Green Lantern for say. a while. So I guess he wants one of those instead. I don't know. What I do guess. you want, Ethan Mansheimer? Yeah. He just, dude, we watched him for a while signing and drawing little stuff when people were paying him. And he just seemed like he was just bored out of his cord. He seemed like he was just had no time for what was going on in the convention. But, hey, I mean, whatever, yeah. you know. Anyway, but also no, yeah, I mean, Art, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead. You finish the spiel. Ferdinand uh, Pissarin, uh with Eau Claire uh, Albert. Todd Nauk, who I love Todd Nauk, except for those yeah, covers, he's, he's great. Carmine D. Jean Domenico, Carmine DG, and returning flash artist Scott Collins and Mike Diodato Jr. Dude, this is going to be like a $10 book, but it's going to be so damn good. I mean, they always are. I mean, with these big milestone issues, it, it's basically an anthology book, but a right. particularly well-made anthology book. They bring in like big names from the characters past. And also um, I think in Diodato's case, probably trying to like, you know, do a little bit of a preview for the upcoming stuff, oh, but that Hey, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Diodato, what it is. You know, any excuse to have Mike Diodato draw a book is a excuse that is worth using. Oh man. Uh, so good. He's having so, yeah, a I mean, good year. He is having such a good year. This is, this is a better bet than most of the anthology books you could pick up because like, you know, they're using people who have like a storied history with the character, you know? Exactly, dude. Exactly. They're going to bring on people who would be like, I definitely want to read another Jeff Johns flash story. I definitely want to see Mark Wade, what he's got, you know? I remember picking up the, uh, the Superman and the Batman ones when they did like their big milestone issues more recently. And yeah, they were yeah. good purchases. I like definitely what I saw. Yeah. Uh, all right. Wonder Woman's 800, Becky Cloonan, Michael W. Conrad and Tom King, of course, artwork by wait for it. Joel Jones. Hell yeah. Jen Bartell. Man, that is quite an art book. And Daniel Sampier, who is the new Tom, uh, uh, artist with Tom King. But Joel Jones and Jen Bartell back on Wonder Woman. Yeah, I mean, you had Dude, me at Joel Jones, but Jen Bartell is also That's, quite a I can already announce that this is my favorite book of the week for whatever fucking week it comes out. Because. <laughs> oh my goodness. Joel Jones art. Jen I follow Jen Bartell's Substack. I don't subscribe. She doesn't really have like tears. She's just like, hey, if you want to give me money, give it to me. But I'm not gonna withhold my content from you. But man, she puts out all these little She-Hulk things. Cause she's doing all the She-Hulk like fashion covers. Yeah. Man, it, she shows process in that, which is just gorgeous work. Gorgeous fucking work. Um, all right, so. We say all that because, yeah, we're going to talk about all those books again when they come out to say this. This is what <laughs> I mean. You're such you must have a 30 inch monitor. You're watching this on Taylor. But, yeah, there was a little. man. Bit OK, so I was sitting here looking at that while we were talking about it a minute ago. I was like, is that like a gorilla pouring a like like a beaker of chemicals or some shit? Right. No, but yeah. oh, so, oh, it's Detective Chimp because I saw so the magnifying did, glass. We did do some CSI on this. It's not great but I lightened it up a little bit and that's Dr. Fate's helmet. It is. Yeah. What detective chimp, Dr. Fate. If, if you've been reading, Those, if you read, they hang out. Yeah. But if you read Lazarus planet, you know that like Doc Fate is like gone again. You know, you know how that happens every once in a while. Like, Doc I mean, just yeah. Gone. Is, is it Tuesday already? You know, yeah, with exactly. Dr. Fate. <laughs> no shit. Uh, Batman was wearing the Doc Fate helmet for like five minutes in that book, which was fucking weird. 
Mm. Um, but man, I love a good detective chimp story. I can't lie. He's super cool. My favorite is when he's pissed off and drunk when he's drinking. He's so much fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll have more on that when they announce it, which I'm sure is coming soon. Um, man, I'm sorry. Donna DC is some of the coolest shit. They have announced some really cool books coming, dude. All this. Yeah, Superman I mean, that's a lot of out. stuff to be excited about, I think. Yeah, we got Green Arrow coming. We got Green Lantern. We got New Flash announced. Batman books. Cyborg. A new Titans book to, to do whatever they're doing with the Justice League shit. Night Terror seems fucking weird as hell, but I'm 100% on board. Man. Yeah, this is fun, dude. This is fun. DC is really keeping my attention this year is what I'm saying. Um, in terms of best publisher of the year, it's early. But DC is pushing some shit. They really, really are. They really, really are. Meanwhile, the X books are kind of every week that fucking goes by, they're losing more and more of their quality, in my opinion. Since Sin- the Sinister is still great, but Nightcrawlers this week was dog shit. It was bad. It was just bad. It was not a good comic at all. I hope it's not on your list. It was an honorable mention, but yeah. That's it was, fine. That's fine. It was a very, like, let's talk about stuff instead of doing stuff. It was Cy Spurrier up his own ass again. You can do that. All right. Let's do food news because you know it's good. Mm, yummy. Taylor has already been um, spoiled by our first food news this week. I think you'll love the second one. Okay. Think- okay. All right, so it's going to be like like just totally destroying your mouth and then like a palate cleanser. So the I hope one, so because I know what's coming. Hidden Valley uh. Ranch ice cream. Van Leeuwen, which is known for creating just despicable flavors of ice cream. We have more of those coming up. Didn't they do those fucking like Velveeta, like mac and cheese ice cream things like that last year? Very yeah. limited edition. Very limited Yeah, edition. I mean, they could only convince so many people yeah. to just ruin their entire lives you know by eating these but this too like this is to be this is like a dare this is like something (laughs) like they would try to feed you on like fear factor or some shit (laughs) nobody understands the fear factor reference taylor that okay whatever this is like this is a like you have to eat this disgusting thing before the other people do in order to (laughs) advance through this game show you know oh i got a brain freeze um okay so Van Leeuwen ice cream is launching seven. I'm going to have more. Oh, fuck. New spring ice cream flavors exclusively at Walmart. Good for Van Leeuwen to get into the biggest retailer on the planet. Um, So it's Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream in honor of National Ranch Day. Hidden Valley Ranch ice cream features the savory flavors of ranch, which includes buttermilk, herbs, a touch of sweetness, creating a treat that pairs well with salty snacks. So I guess what they're saying is, you ever put fries in a Frosty? You have. I know you have. I'm not excusing this abomination at all. I'm just trying to say, you know, maybe we could open our mind a little bit. No. (laughs) No. No. Let me play the the opening again where it's Captain Shaw. No. Uh, All right. The full lineup of these spring ice cream flavors are, of course, Hidden Valley Ranch. Sweet maple cornbread. Okay, you had me with sweet maple, but you completely lost me with cornbread. Yeah, are there going to be little tiny pieces of cornbread in the ice cream? That sounds vile. That does not sound good. Blood orange 
poppy. See, they uh, ruin it with the last word on a lot of these. A lot Mud of orange them. sounds like delicious ice cream, even if it's gelato a little I mean, lighter. okay, I could see like an poppy? orange sherbet, you know, type of thing, but like, I don't know. What's poppy? I don't fucking know, man. I mean, they're putting like heroin in this shit. I have no <laughs> yeah, idea. Exactly. I mean, yeah. All right. Carrot cake. That actually sounds not bad. Eh, I don't like I it for ice cream. Cake. It is by far the least bad of the ones you've said so far. All right, we get a little bit better. Strawberry shortcake, graham okay. cracker crunch, and this is awesome. Limoncello cake. Okay, so that was a strong finish. Those last three didn't sound mm -hmm. bad at all. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, uh, all spring flavors will be, be available at 3,500 Walmart stores nationwide. I think that's all of them. Um, for a suggested price of four or five dollars, it's actually four ninety eight at Walmart because they always beat everyone's price. Um, March twentieth through May twenty eighth. So get out there, guys. Man, I wish Dave was here. Well, <laughs> like, he's the one who brought it to our attention. So yeah, and eat this ranch ice cream live on camera. You know what I'm saying? You've got to do it. You man, Dave's always eating on the background of these anyway. Yeah, anyway, well, like, eating anyway. Yeah, put in the put in put the in research, the work, bro. All right, now our palate cleanser is the Subway New Baked Lay's Footlong Potato Chip. Okay, it's a 12 inch long, crisp. You know, if you're in Europe, it's a 12 inch long potato chip that you put into your Subway sandwich. Philadelphia style is what we used to call this back in the day. Okay. Bill Cosby did this on the Cosby show and they called it Philadelphia style. You take my, my old lady does this with bologna and cheese sandwiches, mustard, and she puts potato chips. She loves Ruffles potato chips in, in the middle of her. You squish it down, crunch. Yeah. And every bite is a crunch, but. Um, this is kind yeah, I of mean, a, go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I am definitely like not against the idea of putting chips in a sandwich. You know, that's, that's fine. you know, that, yeah. that is a well-known, I don't even know that it's exclusive to Philadelphia. I see like, Oh no, no, it's not. It's a pretty widespread thing. And you know, it's, yes. it, 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 I can definitely see the appeal there. I don't see the benefit of it being one long chip. Why not just <laughs> yes, give me like, thank you. why not just give me like, some chips and like i'll just spread them out you know like people <laughs> already you. do thank you because as soon as you lift up the sandwich and take one bite the whole chip's gonna break like fucking california during a big earthquake it's just gonna yeah. break okay that is true i don't want like something brittle running like the length of my yeah. sandwich here yeah and i hate that they make the subway sandwich look so good do not go to subway subway is garbage Okay. Oh yeah, they that is uh, never look like they that. have dolled never. up that image a lot. Like yeah. Subway sandwich, sub yeah, Subway sandwiches are like the bottom tier like sandwich chain. You yeah. know. Now, if you do, if you are going to eat Subway, do not DoorDash your Subway. Go into Subway, and when I say <laughs> that you have to help them make your sandwich by communicating to them, you really, if you put in a lot of effort. You can get a good Subway sandwich, okay? But you have to put the work yeah, in. Put in the work. Put in you the have work, to yeah. be personable. You have to basically do a podcast for the people who are listening to you tell them about your sandwich. And they'll hook you up. You have to be entertaining. Uh, anyway, this would be available for one day only, Tuesday, March 14th, exclusively oh. at a Subway in Frisco, Texas. Okay, well, any listeners we have in that one part of Texas. Get your ass out there. 
Uh, my thought about this, there's going to be a line out the door for people wanting to sell a big-ass chip on eBay. <laughs> I don't want to doubt it. Yeah. National Potato Chip Day is celebrated annually on March 14th. What's your favorite potato chip, Taylor? Um, I mean, I do just like Lay's, but... um, Sure. Just a standard gold, yellow and gold. Does a Cheeto count as a potato chip? Um... Is it potato or corn? It, it, I think it is corn. I think it is corn. Or flour. Yeah. yeah. I think my favorite potato okay, chip so is sour cream and onion. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Pringles. Uh, tell Henry to go. You're going to have to ask me, is that a sandwich? A, a, tell Henry to go. Oh, Henry. Tell Henry to go. Henry lives in Texas. Andy and I know someone who lives in Texas. Well, there you go. But Texas yeah. is fucking huge. So does he live yeah. in Fresco, you Texas? You can live in Texas and be closer to everything else in America. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that depending yeah. on what part of Texas you're in, this could still be like a four-hour drive, you know? So I'm going to look for these on eBay. I may have a follow-up if the big-ass chip is going for like, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks on, on eBay. I think that'd be fun. Mm. The chip looks kind of, you know dirty if you ask me i thought it was like a stale ass piece of bread when like you first showed the image there. <laughs> yeah right uh awesome that's food news let's do comics mixed bag for me this week dave this week i actually have three honorable mentions clear number one by scott snyder and francis manipole it's been out for a while because it was a comicology release that dark horse is finally putting in print uh fantastic first read it's post-apocalyptic it leans into the uh metaverse a little bit you know uh very fun shit i'm actually going to pull some art from it because man francis manipole art is always worth looking at oh like, absolutely this, yeah this was a page and then the very next page was this. So just very good sequential, like transitional sort of pages. And then oh, just a beautiful women, Francis Manipole, just always pulling out the stops. And then look at this. Like this was the last page stinger, mm. right? Where the thing that happened, his reflection in the watch, just perfect. Yeah. Um, so I had to give that a mention. I also, man, this is weird as fuck. Predator number one was dope. It was rad, dude. Didn't they just have a Predator number one like a short time ago? They did. And the great thing about that, it's still the same writer, Ed Bryson. But it's it's brutal. It's bloody. It's perfectly paced. But the very last page is your hero from the last thing. The one who was hunting the Predator that killed her family. Dave and I talked about it a little bit. And she ended up winning. But... There's a bunch of humans on this planet, and they all wake up, and they're all being hunted. And when they're being hunted, they all, you know, sort of, okay, let's go here, and they go here, and they finally get to a cave. And then they're talking. They realize that, yes, they're all military people from, you know, different organizations, but they're all from different time periods. So the predators have gone, ripped okay. out these people once upon a time, put them in stasis, and then now that they're ready to hunt them, they've brought them out of stasis on like this preserve that does sound so, interesting it, at first when you said they were like all like a bunch of soldiers gathered up that was the premise of one of the predator movies i thought yes yeah but yeah the uh the different eras though that is that's an interesting enough wrinkle that it, can it stand was apart. it was uh also shout out for traveling to mars number four mark russell robert melee it's a perfect issue for this series i, I could go into deep deep detail 
but this is just one of those books that you have to pick up and read. It's full on Mark Russell and his social commentary. And man, I mean, usually so, if you say like it's a Mark Russell book, that tells you a lot, you know. Dude, you're gonna like it. It also once, tells you whether you're gonna like it or not, you know. Once it hits trade, I know you pick up your your smaller press and trade. I really yeah. think you're gonna really enjoy that. But that book's yeah. been retired after every issue is perfect. But yeah, my number this week, easy choice, Superman. Adventure of Superman, John Kent, Road to Injustice. This is a three from me as well. Awesome. I think this is going to be a trend for the rest of the... We might have a lot of overlap today. We may. We may. Um, Um, Very good debut. Tom Taylor takes his next move with this character. Uh, Ultraman is hunting Kal-El's. Yeah, that is a really fun premise. It is. um, It's... I I was not expecting them to, like, lean into, like, the multiverse here, but... Yeah, they did a really good job with it. Um, we get to see uh, Lorzon, you know. Yeah, I have. Him oh yeah, and here's Ultraman coming in yeah. here being an asshole. And, oh, I uh, love this Ultraman just murdering a Kal-El somewhere, very, and then leaving just to go to the next universe. Yep. Great art here by uh, Clayton Henry. Just a great little scene there. I love John. I love his look. No cape out there doing the work. But, oh yeah, uh, you need yeah, to make him physically distinct from his father. You know. Yeah. Uh, Valzad is the Earth two. I don't think he's two. One, four. He's 16? he's honestly like his his Earth of origin is almost completely beside the point because like he's carved out this identity as the multiverse Superman. You know he's right, part of the team right. that like goes like between universes and deals with like multiverse level crises. But he was president of Earth two or something. like That's that. That's how he made his premiere. Yeah, okay, I don't okay. think it was two. Maybe it was. It was. Of, I don't remember. I don't but yeah, remember. back in Final issue, Crisis. Yeah, Dude, that issue made worth a debut. lot of money. That I don't doubt it. Yeah, a lot I, of money. I should dig it up sometime. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, he that was back when Obama was president, and that was like the big like splash thing that they were doing yeah. or whatever. But um, yeah, this character has um really made quite an impact since then. He's really carved off a cool niche. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was cool to see him here. And also, yeah. um, I did not actually know that um Red Tornado there was. Lois Lane. See, is I that... knew that immediately. That's why I was waiting for this moment, and I'm so glad that Tom Taylor moved into that moment. Of course, and again, I really do think it is Earth Two. <laughs> I really think. I'll take Earth your two. word for it. I know Red... that they did this whole Earth Two book. Okay, so yeah. I was Earth Two originally was the Justice Society planet. Oh, see, they they must have they up... fucked that up at some point. Then I don't know we what anything Dave. is anymore. We need Dave. Originally, Earth Two was like Jay Garrick and like you know Alan Scott and all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't fucking know anymore. Yeah, but this was a great moment. This to me was like a Lois Lane issue because there's not really a lot going on here. It's really a setup issue. It should really suffer from first issue syndrome, but it doesn't. It's just really solid comic booking from Tom Taylor and Clayton Henry. It really was. I mean, because there was a lot of setup here, dude. There was a lot of setup, a lot of flat. They get Jay, you know, and John's relationship going for new readers. I don't need, I didn't need any of that. I didn't need any of that. But we get it. But like, you know, it was a nice, quick, like, hey, here's all you need to know. And it was like really good. Nice. It set up a lot of interesting things to dig our teeth into later. You know, we're Mm -hmm. like, I'm looking forward to like Lois and Lois, you know, kind of that dynamic unfolding. I'm hoping Tom Taylor Taylor leans fully into all of the stuff that he introduced in this first issue. 
Where did Valzad come from? Where did Red Tornado come from? Show us their origins in this new light in comparison to who John Kent is. You know what I mean? They are, yeah. He already leaned into it a little bit by talking about how Ultraman fucked him up, stole a year of his life, locked him in a multiversal. I don't know. That was weird. Some run. fucking thing. It know. was really weird, but it worked, you know, and it definitely works now. And the fact that they're leaning into, you see the name here, Road to Injustice. Yes, I want to meet that Kal-El. And now we know how we're going to do it. Ultraman is murdering Kal-El's around yeah. the multiverse just because he's an asshole, you know. So, yeah, great issue. Uh, that was your number three as well? Yeah, it was. Why don't you do honorable mentions in number two? We'll do that very thing. Okay, so um, honorable mention for um, Flash number 794. Um nice. I enjoy the hell out of this book. I'm enjoying the hell out of this story arc where we have, like I say, kind of like a throwback kind of story where it's something you might have read like in the 90s. Now, 90s has a lot of bad comics, but it also had a lot of fun ones. And this one is a lot. This is a well done, just like big, dumb, stupid, fun type of comic. DC had way more fun than dumb. Marvel had a lot of dumb. That is true. It was, like, it was DC, no fun at Marvel in the 90s. There was Mar- no fun. DC was the better decade, I think, for the 90s. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, I really like her basically just like using her brother as like a battering ram because apparently he like has stored up all the like everyone else is getting like hypercharged speed. He got hypercharged like super strength. So yeah, he's it's almost like, like this, a density almost. Yeah, like it's, it's weird. It's kind of weird. But it's yeah, really fun. Yeah. I also like how Superman is like just barely fast enough to like kind of help like in the situation here. And that yeah, was dude, neat. it's almost like he was a secondary. It's nice to see Kal-El kind of not knock down a peg. Yeah. But know that no, dude. The that's why flat the flashes are the flashes. You know, yeah. that's why they are who they are. Yeah, great, yeah. great shout out, great shout out, great issue. Um, One minute mention- wars, dope, dude. One minute. It's wars. been a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it the has. hell out of it. It has. Um, it's a great. Um, it'll probably conclude with that uh, 800 issue. I guess that's coming up. But uh, I, I, probably well, seven. It'll, it'll, it'll end with 799 to make way for the 800 issue. Yeah. Like, yeah. Probably going to say. Um, anyway, um, also an honorable mention for um, Avengers number 66. Oh um, gosh. This whole uh, Mephisto war, like oh Mephisto shows up again and he just basically turns himself into like a fucking like demon celestial. And yeah, Kazar shows up for the first time in like a million years. And I he's love got that Kazar Galactus. I love Galactus joins the Avengers. How about the celestial is now a Deathlock and he's on yes. the Avengers? It's so stupid. It is so, so dumb. This is the let's do every big dumb idea and just fucking have fun with it type of story, you know? Yeah, like Jason Aaron. I could just imagine, right? Like he's been working at Marvel, what, 20 years now that he just yeah. has a notebook where he just writes down, okay, here's an idea. Okay, here's an idea, right? So they're like, hey, we're giving you adventures. What do you want to do? He's like, I want to do every fucking thing. Hell everything yes. that I want to do. This I is do it. so much fun. And it's, yeah. oh, I love that this thing is just embracing being just a fucking balls to the wall. Let's do yeah. every, like, let's take out every toy in the toy box and let's have some goddamn fun. Dude, that's really what it is. He's yeah. taking out every single possible toy that he could find in the Marvel toy box and being like, I'm playing with that. And he's doing it. And it's not bad. It's, I mean, it's I a understand lot of fun. why people hate it. I understand why people hate it. I am not among them. I fucking love yeah, this it's story. Fun. 
It's fun. Um, uh, last honorable good, mention, good just real out. quick, for um, X Men number twenty. Um, it oh, is kind man. of that's my number one, so we could wait. Okay, okay, we'll wait, we'll wait. It's, but um, it's awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of you know finally understanding what the hell Brew has been up to, and man, they pulled some stuff I was not fucking expecting. Yeah, in this let's issue. get it. Up. Let's get into. Yeah, that we'll, later. we'll save. We'll save. We'll yeah, save. Yeah, that was. All yeah, right. it's fun. It's fun. So my number two then is uh, Fantastic Four number five. That is my number two as well. Oh man, we are synced up until the end here. It seems, yeah. but um, but yeah, this is a uh, really trippy story that they're telling here. They're like throwing out some like really uh, highfalutin sci-fi concepts with like being twirled through like a fourth dimension or whatever. Yeah, Euros reborn. Come on, that's gold. Yeah. Ryan North, give him an Eisner right now for this book for Euros Reborn. I don't give a fuck. That's hilarious. That's Goblin hilarious. Nation was a story I think from a little while ago, but um, yeah, that was like a Spider-Man story for a minute. But um, I also got to say I love like the continuity of the Torch still having his stupid porn oh, stash. Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I like it. I'm not. Gonna, I can imagine him sitting. Are you gonna? His sister telling him, Are you gonna shave that shit. Yeah, um, we did trade Ivan Fia, Fiorelli. You know, uh, Ivan Coella. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but basically, this is just a has been just a string of one shots. It has basically, but yeah. this method has really opened up the diversity for the storytelling. You know, this is actually a callback to Stan Lee's first run on this book. The very in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, back in the Silver Age, yeah, every issue shot. was a self-contained story. Yeah. Uh, so dude. it is kind of getting back to basics. That's especially appropriate for the Fantastic Four, which is mm-hmm. like the definitive Silver Age comic in a lot of ways. But um, 100%. They fight some magic guys. Yeah, and... they pull. it's a deep pull. Nicholas Scratch and the Salem it's, Seven. I um, yeah. I knew the name, but I did not know what they looked like, so I was a bit surprised by all that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the... The biggest thing for, yeah, this page and then later on when Reed is, like, fixing it, that is a real showcase of some really strong artwork here, and it is quite a trip. So I didn't, especially, like, you don't usually see Reed use his powers like this, where he's, like, more of a genuine polymorph and not, like, just a rubber band. Just stretchy. Yeah, he's he's less Stretch Armstrong here and more, like, uh, man. Like Plastic Man. uh, yeah. Plastic Man's too much Deadpool for me. It's almost like well, as far as his powers work, sure. that's more along the lines of what like Plastic Plastic Man is a way he does way more than Stretch. But oh, that's yeah, that's a discussion for another time. But um, he almost feels like it's he's using his body the same way Jean Grey uses her mind. You know what I mean? It kind of reminds me of that Dodderman um, one shot they did a few years ago. Where we kind of looked at like like a psychic journey that. Yes. Uh, that's that uh, Emma and Jean were taking to fix Storm that one time. Oh, that was such a good issue, dude. Hickman, it was. It that was. was a Hickman book. It was indeed. Hickman, I'm pretty sure that was like a. I think that was giant size. Jean Grey, whatever. Um, oh, it was. It was giant size. Yes, he did those strings of one shots that were. Gi- yes, great yeah, issue. And, yeah. So this this one was more or less a read issue, um, yeah. and it was quite the showcase of artwork here. Yeah, and it's basically him using his science to get over on magic. Yeah. Right? And it was very, very well done. 
it was really it was you're right it was a read showcase and i think that works okay yeah because up till now every book has kind of been a showcase of the characters in a different light the first issue was the thing doing his thing with alicia i get that but then the read and sue issue it wasn't a read issue it wasn't a sue issue it was a read and sue issue but yeah, that was is, really yes, good. One hundred percent a read issue. And then we had our Johnny issue, and then yeah, we had the sure. the whole team issue. And yeah, this was really our first like read showcase here. Yeah, and he really shows out. He gets over on these magic motherfuckers. Um, a lot of fun here, where like they go to eat, but because of what the magic guy did to him, like they all have massive diarrhea. Which yeah. Is, like, that's they such a weird compa- family yeah. thing to do. Everybody has done that on on a family vacation. I also like how like, like Ben oh, comes out and it's like the he had the, is different here. Reed had the gall to like talk to us while we were all in the stall. Yeah, while we were on the stall. I yeah. mean, it, it, I don't know. Ryan North is hitting all of the right notes on this book. He it's big time heroics, but it's also big time sci-fi, but it also leans into all of these slice of life moments. Yeah, that and that have with a family. That last factor, I think, is the most important one when it comes to the Fantastic Four. Like oh, a lot 100%. of the dynamic between the characters it's is what really what makes it. or breaks. Yeah, a yeah, lot of the, what separates all the runs yeah. here. Yeah, man, great choice for number two. So, um, I guess that comes to me and my number one book yep. of the week. Uh, X Men number one. Um, Gary Duggan, Stefano Caselli. This book should really be retired. In terms of my, the way I sort of rate these books, I want to shed light on new books. You know what I mean? But this issue, holy shit. This is a perfect example of why this book is the flagship title for the most popular family of books at Marvel Comics. Action-packed, funny, perfect dialogue, perfectly paced, even though... Gary Duggan is jumping around from three different angles here. Um, It leans into everything that is going on in this book. And then, bam, fuck you. Here's something new going on. What? This is not where I expected Wilson Fisk to resurface. This was, I didn't expect Wilson Fisk to come back for years. Okay. I figured he would be gone in the comics until the new Daredevil show comes out, which is not until late next year. But, yeah, because Typhoid Mary is a mutant, and because Fisk, you know, the Kingpin, is married to Typhoid Mary, he's taken up respite on Krakoa by rights of being married to a mutant. and Because he's wanted by Interpol, by the world police. Um, but man, there's so much other shit going on. Brew is in Making control. them do the thriller dance. Yeah, they're doing the thriller dance. Magic just having a time just so many fun little moments and it is it's a panel of awesome surrounded by all of this just terrible shit going on yeah um big time action Iceman having just this great moment with with laura who isn't our laura talent her, her name is talent now her code name but she's basically old man logan old man yeah, laura, basically old woman laura old lady um, laura yep. so well done um nightmare shows up another yeah i didn't this was i forgot all about this from issue four yeah i mean i i shouldn't be a surprise because yeah they did already plant this seed a good little while ago but i thought that was resolved but fuck me i guess yeah 
Yeah. So basically, Brew is control is in control of the Brood. He's got them doing. They even say, "Oh, you're Dex. Oh, sorry. You're definitely you're basically Dexter. You know who of the cosmic." whatever he's sticking the brood on like human traffickers and slavers and people who are doing terrible shit and but when he dreams nightmare invades those dreams and forces him to use the brood to do terrible shit if you want to see that terrible shit go read captain marvel right now because that's where the terrible shit the brood is do, uh, uh, the brood does is happening and just a really fun issue Meanwhile, Forge and fucking Penance are off in a black hole where nowhere got sucked in, trying to get themselves out. I don't even know if they do. I don't even remember. I think they kind of do, but we're not sure. Yeah, there are a lot of balls in the air in this particular issue. It's pretty impressive how well they do. It is. It's. I mean, it's just fantastic comic booking. This is why this is the flagship book. It doesn't need to focus. Gary Duggan just knows what he's doing, and he does it, period, period. Number one book of the week. Loved it. Uh, That leads us to the finale. Taylor's number one book of the week. Batman number 133. Wow. I didn't get any images for this except the cover. It was solid. It was solid. What I loved about this book was that he's really leaning into this is a back-to-basics Batman. Yeah. This is a Batman who isn't relying on gadgets, who's not, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't have, like, this massive, like, convoluted network of, like, years of groundwork laid or whatever. He is out there scaring the fucking shit out of people. You know, I love, like... That's all the- he's got. That's yeah. all he's got. So, yeah. He's and like I a also- Batman out of universe, kind yeah. of. Yeah. But I love, like, you know, he shows up to scare the motherfuckers. And, like, let me get to the thing I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, and they're all like, oh, like, you know, he's doing the gas grenades whenever, and he's like, find him. He's like, find me. I'm everywhere. I'm Gotham. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you're right. It is a back to basics Batman. It's hard for me not to have the whole fail safe arc jump into mind. You know what I mean? When this well, is going I mean, on. yeah, I mean, it's just that just happened, so that makes sense. But like, uh, but that um, feels kind of like cheap. That's how you wanted to get him here by having failsafe knock him into a thing. I have faith that Zadarsky is going to bring everything around and let us know. No, failsafe did this to get Batman back to basics. Failsafe's job was never actually to murder Batman if he went rogue. Failsafe's job was to remind Batman who he was. If he went rogue, that might be what they're building to. And that would yeah. be a pretty satisfying payoff. But like, I love his interactions with like alternate Selena and alternate Alfred, as they kind of allude to here on yeah. the cover. Yeah. But yeah, this, this felt like a great return to form for Batman yeah. as a character, you know? Yeah. Like for sure. I, the tiny run had its moments, but for the most part, it just felt like a, you know, kaleidoscope of all these fucking characters that he's throwing at us like all the damn time and like batman great almost ju- like a great riddler moments in this some great yeah some great riddler moments in this as well um i really like his fight with a with a roided out two face well not two face but harvey dent in this yeah, yeah um this was a real hoot for me 
it's been a long time since I've enjoyed reading Batman this much, and yeah, so nice. it made my number one. Nice. No, that's that's enough because yes, Batman has been weird, dude. The Tiny and Run was not great. Probably his worst run on a character ever. I'm sorry. It might be him. Yeah. yeah, his Detective Comics run was head and shoulders above his Batman run. Um, the King run, you know, lost me at like issue fifty. So yeah, Zdarsky's run is definitely you know fix things up a lot for me but i'm just concerned that it's a bit transparent you know and batman has done that to himself before he has run himself through a gauntlet to get back to where i need to be after i've lost my way especially with characters like batman they've told all the stories Yo, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. And it's yeah. always more important. Yeah. And I think that this is a very this is a simple meal well made. No, yeah. you're not wrong. Uh Andy chiming in that clear was his favorite book of the week. Uh fantastic book. Um I mean it's hard to deny those damn that damn creative team. So well just so good. Um, but there were a couple of other books that I think we would be bad if we didn't mention. Nightcrawler's number one. Sizebarrier lost me on this issue for sure. Um, it didn't lose me, but like this was a very like exposition heavy. It's a lot of tell, don't show. Yeah. Um, I also kind of had personal pet peeve. I'm sick of people like, oh, I have some fucking science bullshit that'll get around Thor's magic hammer. You know, I hate that shit, too. It seems like a work, you know, it seems like it's, it's jobber level sort of shit. If I can yeah. get over on Thor's magic weapons, then look how badass I am. Yeah. Although the whole thing is they want to get magic weapons. Yeah. That's the whole, that's the whole point of, of the story. Right? It also doesn't help that like, we know that like uh, mother righteous, or whatever is full of shit. So like, yeah, the Nightcrawlers just come off as idiots. They do dude. They do. They were used by Sinister. Now they're being used by Righteous. It's weird, dude. It's weird. Also, like know. they brought back the original Nightcrawler for like five seconds. Yeah, and then he was to the point where it didn't really add, it didn't really add anything. Why do that? Why do that? Yeah. Uh, static uh, number two, fantastic. I mean, the art in this was just so well done. Um, but man, did you read the X twenty three book this week? I did not. If there weren't as many good books this week, this would have definitely made my top three. Just so much fun. So kinetic. Look at that art there. And then this. Oh, man. But it's kind of like, why do I even give a fuck? X-23 is so cool right now. Give her her own book right now. So you'd rather this be Wolverine instead of X-23? <sighs> yes. Yeah, I, I mean, that... That run with Tom Taylor where she was Wolverine, that is, you know, you know that was it's chef's perfect, kiss. dude. And there's yeah. other stuff they could explore in the Krakoan age. There's no reason to go back. They just had a book, Exterminators, where she was amazing in that book. Yeah. I just, I don't get it. Don't That's probably the main reason I didn't pick it up was because I, I don't... <coughs> I usually need a good reason to read something that's not like in current continuity. Yeah. Like I usually don't pick up that, like those even even like Chris Claremont's books. I usually don't yeah. go back and pick those up because like, you know, yeah. it's just, you know, and not of just a different that, era. It's like back in the day before it, it's during the utopian uh era of, of X Men. It actually flashes back from there to other shit Laura had going on back in the day. So it's it's kinda like I don't know. Great, great book. I just, it's not, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. 
That's why I didn't make that. Uh, yeah, heap of books coming out this week. They were really great. Um, we're going to talk about all the books that are coming out next week, tomorrow night. Come back then and listen to the preview show. Uh, it'll be the same time. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We really appreciate it. If you like what we got going on, um, oh, Andy chimed in. Exterminators X-23 was amazing. Yeah, she was fantastic in that, dude. Fantastic. Um, so, yeah, if you like what we got going on, check out the comic book bullies. They're going to do a show later tonight on these channels uh, and other channels. If you want to see those channels, go to OutrightGeekery.com. You can get links to everything we've got going on, uh, the merch, the uh, Patreon, the different social media, different video, audio, all that good shit. Um, but the bullies are going to talk about, you know, pop culture, comic books included, movies, TV, everything, Leroy and Eli. Uh, I'm sure they are going to lean heavily into all of the shit coming out of the Oscars tonight, which we are actually up against. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, uh, I need to slap the shit out of you. Stiff competition. I need to slap the shit out of you for us to get any ratings. Man. <laughs> Maybe I could do like a fucking like mediocre Netflix special and like get a lot of hype for it or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you'll get a special and then I'll have a movie and won't be invited back to the show. Anyway, uh, yeah, so check them out. Please um, come back to tomorrow. We'll do a show. What else do I usually say? Thanks, everybody, for hanging out. We really appreciate it. But most of all, thanks to this guy for hanging out with this guy. I'm glad you remembered. <laughs> We're going to do it again next time. Same geek time, same geek channel. Hey Andy, how's it going? Yep.